podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. And welcome to episode 16. Yay! Woo, 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 woo. We can drive now. Yeah. We got our really? learner's part. No, we got, no, we got our, our driver's, driver's license. license. Our driver's we license. Yeah. 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 We, are, we are on the road and nobody's stopping us. Well. Best watch out, y'all. So, <laughs> wow. Apparently it's going to get to be a crazy ride. How are you guys? Pretty good. Nothing good. much else to say. You guys sound yeah. very excited. We're so rough- excited. I'm not. <laughs> it's fucking 11.30 in the morning, okay? You know how many times I woke up and went back to sleep last night? This is, I gotta get through my coffee and my water and we'll be good. I haven't taken my anxiety pills yet today, so. Listen, that's not a me problem. I <laughs> asked like for, a new problem. I asked for this time today because I'm going to dinner with my family later. So you guys could have said no and I would have been like, well, I can't go, can't record tonight then, but. Okay, I use my husband's computer, and he put, like, more into this than the down payment on my car. So don't make me laugh when I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> Please. Maybe James needs to get you your own computer, because I can't make promises. He wanted to. And, no, he was going to with the taxes, but I was like, look, I just quit my job. We need to be a little more responsible. If we have anything left over, then Annie will buy us a computer with the taxes. And. Mm-hmm. Your daughter, your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we had a kid. Like it is in, I, I've already got it in my head when she gets to be a teenager and she's like, I don't even know why I was born. I'm going to be like, because your father and I wanted hardwood floors. That's why. Done. Child we tax want, credit. We knew what we wanted. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. And we, we knew how to get it. So here Thanks, we are. Thanks, baby girl. <laughs> I mean, as long as everyone's on the same page with that, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad we now have that insight even more so to you, Amanda. It's okay. I'll get her a therapist when she's older. Add that Mm -hmm. next to the finger tornado. (laughs) Finger snow globe. Oh, I'm sorry. Finger snow globe. To make it a tornado, we would have to put like the little Monopoly houses and hotels in there. I hope you did not do that. (laughs) No, but we made it though. Yeah, we made tornadoes with Coke bottles. So, I'm sure it can be done. Gosh. You can do anything. Just look it up on That's YouTube. That's true. Yeah. Or no fear tornado, please. All right. All right. Well, this week we're continuing a special episode. Amanda will be doing her second part to Dorothea Puentes. But I think if you guys are ready, we can go ahead and jump into it. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. Okay. When we last left off, and if y'all will look, I did add some more pictures because y'all complained. Yeah, we complained. There was one picture and it wasn't, you didn't even explain it in that episode. So yeah, we're I did not complain. Thank you. If it makes you feel any better, I am going to explain it in this episode almost at the end. So. Oh, because that makes things so much better. (laughs) The rest of the pictures, they are on there, and I'll explain them as we go. So, and they're not in order, so this is going to be fun. So, when I last left off, uh, Dorothea had actually just um, drugged and robbed Mr. McKenzie, Malcolm McKenzie, 
and he was conscious with his eyes open and watched the whole thing, which y'all that's freaking terrifying. Like you don't know, you don't know if you're going to die. You don't know if the medicine's going to wear off. You don't know what she gave you. Like that's just freaking ridiculous. So like I told y'all, she, (laughs) the cops picked her up cashing his checks. And of course she talked her way out of it as she does. She's very charismatic. Oh, she's ridiculous. Like she's, she's a, she's a tornado. She is a charisma tornado. Okay. The charisma tornado. Got it. In 1982, she got a job as a cook and everyone says Puente was the best cook. Like um, her tenants, most of her tenants were happy because she was such a good cook. I mentioned in the first episode that some of the social workers would come over for like holiday dinners and stuff. They loved her food. Even in prison, the prison guards would walk past her cell and ask her like what are you making today which is just i don't know i don't know how prison works but that's wild to me so she was working as a cook and she met harold monroe and he was terminally ill with cancer but he eventually introduced puente to his wife ruth monroe and they got along really well and they actually together ruth and puente they opened a catering business and to go with this business they opened a joint bank account that sounds like um, a very terrible idea um yeah not not great not do we not background Mm -hmm. check our business partners i mean girl this was in like what the 19 this is in the 1980s yeah 19 but so i mean you know it's not like typical to check the background of i don't know unless you have a friend in the force you know it's Kind of hard to get a background check on someone. Yeah, I'm thinking I need randomly. to background check you guys. Look, I don't even have a joint bank account with my husband. Okay, we like if I need money, he Venmo's me. Like going grocery shopping, Venmo some money. Here you go. <laughs> this is what I need. But I have trust yeah, issues. Same. So, <laughs> but this lady, like, I don't know. With this woman, she also convinced a whole ass doctor that she was a nurse. So this woman was. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. In April of 1982, Ruth actually moved in with Puente because her husband at this point is living in the hospital. He's like really sick. And her children would come over and visit. And they said that she started to get sick super often. And before she moved in with Puente, she was like the picture of health. It was their father they were worried about. And now every time they would like talk to their mom or go over there, she was just really sick in bad health. And they always saw her with creme de menthe cocktails. And they said their mom did not drink. And when they asked her about it, she said, oh, well, Dorothea made this for me. Wait, what type "Mm -hmm." of cocktail is that? A creme de menthe? It's like a... Yeah. I don't know. It's like... Kind of sounds like a menthol flavor to me. Minty... I, in my mind, I would put it in uh, like hot chocolate and it well, maybe not hot chocolate, but and it would make almost like a. What are these things called? Andy's mint type drink. Yeah. But yeah, okay. it's like a mint type cocktail. OK. And the kids said that like every time they went over there, she looked Ruth looked worse and worse. And within weeks of moving in, Ruth actually passed away. 
they ruled it an overdose of Tylenol and codeine. Neither one of these were prescribed to her. And they ruled it an undetermined death. But when they talked to Dorothea, Dorothea told them all about how she was so upset because her husband was ill and basically alluded to suicide. Do the not put two and two together i mean so many people are like dying around her and so many people are like being saying that they're being drugs even though she says something different like that those cops aren't very smart no No like it's and her family uh i'm sorry ruth's family at this point her kids actually tried to tell the cops like hey something something's wrong here you know this our mom was healthy and it's just Y'all, this is fucking horrible because they're having to deal with this with their dad. And then their mom goes from healthy to sick. They tried to tell the cops their suspicions, but there was just no evidence. So they were like, well, they at least did not rule it as suicide. They ruled it as undetermined. So that at least was a good thing, at least in the kids' minds. At least I keep saying that. In my mind, they were at least somewhat on their side because they did not believe Dorothea and they did not rule that as a suicide. They ruled that as an undetermined. So Dorothea was arrested in May that same year. We're still in 1982. She was arrested in May on theft because she, and this is not long after Ruth passed away. She brought alcohol to a friend's house. And from what I read, she was basically distraught and she was telling the friend like you know this I loved Ruth and we got along so well and she passed away in my house just you know she was sad and upset so she brought some alcohol with her to this friend's house and she drugged her robbed her and then left and she was arrested trying to get on a plane to Mexico and they found her because she told the woman she was going to get a plane to Mexico okay step number one don't tell people your freaking plans, guys. I mean, also, that like, leads that leads me to believe that she thought that lady was going to die. Why else would she have told her that? She left her there to die. She's old and senile. I guess how old is she at this point? <laughs> I d- I don't know. I'll have to do the math. She was born in twenty nine, yeah. right? Yeah, is she was born in twenty nine. So she's sixty three. Uh, no, fifty three. Yeah, I have to do the math every time because she's constantly lying about her age. One day she's 30 years older. One day she's 20 years younger. I don't freaking know. That's not that old, though. I mean, my parents well, are right, older than what... that. My she's parents still seem old, though. She's lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. You're right. Yeah, she's 53 sure. at this point. Definitely. Yeah, I know I'm right. I can do math in my oh, head. Well, I can't, the... so you live your life. <laughs> um, she was convicted on three <laughs> counts of theft, and she was sentenced to five years in jail. And while she was in jail, she passed her time by taking up a pen pal named Everson Gilmuth. He was a 77-year-old retired man, and he was living in Oregon. Now, Puente was released in 1985 after serving only three years. And... I mean, it was theft given. I mean... At least she went to jail, but she was only arrested on that. Well, I mean, technically, but there's also this too, isn't her so, first but, I mean, stint in jail. Yeah, they have a record. She has a yeah. extensive record at this point. So how would you not look at that and just? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> After she was released, Gil 
which is what they called Everson Gilmuth. He went by Gil. Gil picked her up outside the gates in a red 1980s Ford truck. And they... Gil, stop. They moved in together. <clears throat> they opened a joint bank account. Oh, Jesus. And they lived in the upstairs apartment at 1426 F Street. So she went right back to where she was. And there's actually a picture of that house. It's been renovated since then, but this is the house as it was at that time. You can actually see a cop standing out front. Yeah, I was about to say, there's an officer. I've actually, mm -hmm. I've been looking at the pictures and I saw the picture of Ruth Monroe and of Everson Gilmouth. Gilmouth. Yeah, Gilmouth. Gilmouth. In no November of 1985, Puente pays a man to install wood paneling in her apartment. And after he was done, she said, hey, by the way, um, if you build me a box that was six feet long, three feet wide, and two feet tall, you can have this red Ford pickup truck as payment. That's not suspicious at all. And he said, oh, what's it for? And she said, oh, it's for books and stuff. Also. Why would you need a six foot long tub for books? He was putting it in storage. There's a lot How of many? books to read, Bree. Don't judge the bookworms of the world. Honestly, you know she's you not going to put a book in there. You know what, let me hope that maybe she puts at least one book in there. Yeah, she puts her, her pen pal's favorite hope. book in there. Yeah, along you know what, with we haven't body. gotten there yet. You don't know. Um, so my next bullet is also... Uh, she wanted him to help her transport the box to storage. And then on the way to storage, she said, never mind, you can just stop and dump it here on the side of the road. And he said, what? And she said that it was just junk. She didn't need it. She changed her mind. So he helped her dump this wooden box on the side of the road. Uh, and from what I read, they transported, they transported this box in the red pickup truck. How pissed would you be? Okay, I just created my beautiful, this box for you, and it's beautiful. And you want me to dump it on the side of the road? Um, yeah. But, I mean, he got a truck out of it, so I maybe don't he, care. I'd be maybe like, he wasn't that upset. He might not have been that upset until about three months later. It was actually January 1st of 1986. A fisherman called police and was like, hey, there's a wooden box really close to this wood uh, river bank. Excuse me. And inside they found an elderly body so badly decomposed it was unrecognizable. It was later, much later, actually, like a long time. It was later ID'd as Everson Gilmuth. Wait, so no one's like said he's gone missing at this point? Mm -mm. His, he really only had... I believe it was his sister-in-law or his sister, excuse me, that he wrote back and forth with via letters. And she said like something was up, but they kind of, from what I read, they kind of got into it because she was telling him like, hey, this isn't a good idea to move in with this lady. She wasn't keen on the idea. So Woman. she, uh, yeah, she tried to talk him out of it and they kind of had a little falling out. But also, he was from Oregon, living in California. So the police there, they, you know, they didn't know that. They had no way of identifying him. Neighbors, no one was like, hey, the old man that's always around is no longer around. And that's maybe a little fishy. 
Maybe he was just one of those guys, you know, who never came out of his house and was like, get off my you <laughs> nasty little critters. Well, there's no lawn for them to be on because this picture is clearly fenced in. Well, Puente, uh, I don't know. Maybe they could have gone in through the fence. Puente actually told the landlord that they split up. He left. And the landlord later said, like, he thought it was weird because he just, he never saw the guy move out. And his truck was still there. But, yeah. Puente just explained it away. Per usual. How is his truck still there? She used it as payment. When she told the landlord. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and by the way, she continued to cash his social security checks. Up <laughs> until they found out that he died. Well, couldn't they trace that back to her at least? Because it was so badly decomposed. Like, obviously, it had been there for a while. And so somebody was obviously cashing his social security They didn't checks, have any way right? of IDing him, though. But, so she's cashing the checks, but they just don't know where he's at. So he's a John Doe at this point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So now y'all can pull up all of the victims' photos. That first gentleman is Everson Gilmuth. And he's just adorable. Yeah, he looks like just your grandpa, anybody's grandpa. And he was actually, from what I read, a ridiculously talented woodworker. Like he would carve all of these very intricate carvings and just, I don't know, just looking at his picture, I love him. Time out, time out. He's a woodworker and she still asks someone else to make a wooden box. Yeah. Which yeah. is to me like insult to injury here. Yeah. It means that she already killed him. Not necessarily. We're going to go know. to that second row, the second photo, Bert Montoya. We're going to talk about him. Bert Montoya, and now his name was Alva Alvaro Montoya, and he went by Bert. He was a homeless man, and he struggled with mental health, but he was described as a gentle soul. And he was referred to Puente by a counselor, and he actually called Puente Mama. And he stayed there for a little while. Yeah, he was very close with her. He stayed there for a little while, and all of a sudden, the social workers can't get a hold of him. So they went to talk to Puente, and she was like, oh, Bert, uh, he went to Mexico. He's actually staying with my family in Mexico. We went there on vacation, and he just loved it so much that he stayed with my family, and he's just going to, he's just prolonging his visit there. This doesn't sound fishy at all. Yeah, they didn't believe her, so they told the police. Good. Good. The police visit the boarding house um, and Puente tell them Montoya is in Mexico on vacation. I, I told the social, the social workers that. So another gen tenant, excuse me, John Sharp, he steps up and he's like, yeah, Montoya went to Mexico. He's on vacation. Everything's cool. So the police are like, oh, okay. Um, as they're leaving, however, that third photo, John Sharp, slipped them that note and the note says she wants me to lie to you and it's on an envelope yes this is where her house kind of starts crumbling on november 11th police come back and they search the house and they find absolutely nothing sketchy in the house so they ask puente if they can search the yard and puente's like yeah go ahead so from what i read there was two cops they only had one shovel dorothea deadass gives them a shovel so both cops have a shovel and they go out and they're, they're digging. They dig three holes and they have trouble getting past like this tree root. 
So one of the cops, he's like trying to, you know, cut through it with the shovel and he can't get it. So he finally just throws the shovel down and he like digs down. He's trying to pull it out and eventually it gives way. And from what I read, he looks at the tree root and sees a kneecap. And that's when he's like, oh, this is a human leg. And Puente was questioned and released because, again, they have no proof. This is a rented house like. You know, but people rented this house before we bought it. There could be a body in the backyard. I don't know about it, except my hedgehog. But she died of natural causes. It's okay. But there could be like a human back there. And I don't know about it. So police are like, well, we can't tie this to her. They don't know who the leg belongs to. So they let her go. And they come back. How decomposed was this leg? (laughs) Because if it's like fresh, it's very clearly the current tenant. Um, from what I read, it it, it looked like, uh, I don't know a nice way to say this. Uh, from what I read, it looked like beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't that badly decomposed then in that case. I mean, maybe yeah. like, I, I don't know, six months or something. But I'll go ahead and tell you, not it even. was not unrecognizable. They were able to ID this body, if I remember correctly. How long has she been yeah, living was- there now? This time, uh, from when she got out of prison, about, let's see, about six years from when she got out of prison to right now. So they come back the next day and they keep digging. And you remember that photo that I showed you at the beginning? Yes. The second one? No, the very, very first one from the first episode. No, I know. It's currently the second one in the drive. Yeah. That is a picture of... Dorothea Puente being escorted to her car by police because right before they started digging, she told them that she wanted to get a cup of coffee with her nephew at a hotel around the corner. And they were like, okay, that's fine. Oh my God. And they let her, they let her go. Why, why would they do that? Yeah. So then they, let me guess. She took a flight to Mexico. You're close. She's going to drive over the Mexican border at this point. <laughs> Flying didn't work the first time. <laughs> they, uh, they dug up a body. Spoiler alert. They started digging where they found that leg. They dug up a body. And then they realized, oh, we fucked up. And they went to the hotel to get Puente. Y'all, it's the damnedest thing. She wasn't there. Where was her nephew? Where? What no nephew? Freaking way. And she said there was she- no nephew. There was no coffee. There was no hotel. Oh, I'm fully aware. I'm just saying. Yeah. She immediately fled. She just left him all by himself. She immediately fled to Los Angeles. And again, from what I read in one source, she actually, they think that she flew there, but it's possible that she drove because she even bought a plane ticket in her name to throw the cops off. Where did she buy the ticket to? Los Angeles. And she did go to Los Angeles. Yes. Okay, that's not throwing the cops off. Well, it is if you're looking for her at the airport. But they also still know that in the long run, you're going to Los Angeles. They think. Well, she did. Yeah, but like, if you bought a plane, it's kind of, oh, I don't like this lady, but it's kind of smart. Like, she bought a plane ticket, but then they couldn't find her on the plane or at the airport, so they don't know where she's going. And then she goes to Los Angeles anyway? But that's the first place they're going to look still is Los Angeles, because they have a clue that leads them there. It's the first no. place I would look. 
what I'm saying is if she was going to, she should have gotten a ticket to Germany or something. Maybe she didn't have a passport. Oh, maybe. Okay, go I, don't on. Know. I don't know. I've never left the country by plane, so I don't know how all that works. She bought a plane ticket to Mexico. Her family was in Mexico, so. No, that was, uh, that's what she told police Montoya went. No, but oh, she did her. try to go to Mexico oh. for the yeah, other Yeah, no, one. she did. Yes. So yeah, she would have was like, oh, yeah, she does have a passport. Either way, though, uh, the community, shocker, was pissed that the police just let her go. Like, here, here, here you go. Let me take you to your car, ma'am. They were fucking pissed. And the newspapers, they gave the police hell in the articles they were writing around this time. I mean, I can't blame them. Yeah. Now, when they... When they went after her, um, they did put out a bulletin, which is that fifth photo. You can see that's the police bulletin of where they um, are kind of looking for her. And you can see in that photo, this lady on the bulletin, she looks just like a grandma. She does not look like somebody that has killed uh, at least one person at this point. Yeah, she looks like a very sweet, innocent person. Mm-hmm. And she played on that heavily. If you want to go back to the victims, I'm about to get into that. And I'm going to read them off in the order that they were found. Leona Carpenter was the first body that they dug up. And she was a 78-year-old widow with cancerous tumors on her brain. And when she was You don't have a referred, Leona Carpenter on here. I could not find that picture of okay. her. I looked uh, and I could not find her. Okay, sorry. She, no, you're fine. I should have mentioned that. <clears throat> when she was discharged. To the victim's picture and you didn't give us a picture, Amanda. You'll live. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that was probably in poor taste. I take back what I just said. I was just being sassy and it came off as, uh, what, rude. Came off as a little aggressive. Off as rude. Oh, I meant it to be aggressive. I just didn't mean to disrespect uh, Miss Carpenter here. I meant to disrespect Brie. There's a very big difference. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Leona Leona Carpenter, she was a 78-year-old widow with cancerous tumors on her brain. And she was actually getting better when she was discharged from the hospital and sent to Puente's care. She was buried near the back fence of the property, and her leg bone was the one that was found by police. And Puente cashed her checks and used them to buy shoes and clothes after she had passed. The next no person notices these people are gone, like this. Mm-mm. No, because of the specific type of people that she targeted. And also because they were elderly. So it was easy for her to just be like, oh, well, I mean, this lady, even though she was doing better, like she had cancerous tumors in her brain. It was very easy for her to just be like, oh, well, she took a turn for the worse. But wouldn't they have like a, a social worker or some someone to advocate for them? From what I read, the only social worker that diligently noticed that this person was gone was Bert Montoya's. Because that social worker really got close to him and really loved him. And when she went looking for him, she could not find him. And she's the one that was like, this isn't, this isn't right. A lot of social workers, they loved 
Puente and they trusted her because she took these hard cases. And because, I mean, she had him over for dinner and everything seemed great. The next body found was James Gallup. He was 62 years old and he looks rough in the photo, but he was described as independent and strong. He had suffered a stroke and more recently surgery to remove a brain tumor. And Gallup actually refused to let Puente take financial control. So Puente poisoned his food and killed him like that. Vera Faye Martin was the next she, victim. Okay, found. I just want to say was, in the picture, she looks like such a sweetheart. She looks like your favorite great aunt who is just smiling all the time. She's got like the super curly hair and then she's got like the big round glasses. She just looks like your favorite great aunt. Yeah, this is going to kill you. Um, she was a 64-year-old mother. Puente poisoned her with a drink the day she moved in. When her body was found, it looked like she had tried to escape the plastic that Puente wrapped all her victims in. And her watch was still ticking. She was believed to be buried alive. No. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Miller was the next victim that they found. She was 64 years old and she was a Native American Army veteran. She struggled with PTSD and alcoholism and she actually loved Puente. She tried to befriend her and Puente found her annoying. So she drugged her by putting Miller's prescribed sleeping pills in a drink. She, Dorothea killed her with her own medicine. And she was found with her arms duct taped to her chest. Oh my. This woman is a monster. She's fucking horrible. Benjamin Fink was a 55-year-old man. And he struggled also with alcoholism. And he also had a lung illness. He was found in striped boxers and nothing else when they dug him up. <laughs> Next, they found Bert Montoya. He was 51 years old, and he was buried alive under a recently planted apricot tree. How did they know he was buried alive? They could tell because she had a, a habit of wrapping all of her victims in sheets and plastic, which, spoiler alert, this is how they eventually, by digging all of these victims up and noticing that they're all wrapped the same, this is how they eventually tie everson gilmuth to her as well because he was wrapped in plastic the same style so they the people that were buried alive they noticed that they tried to undo those bindings and those plastic that plastic all of the people like who she killed when she was um living at like the other places on front street f on street. f street yeah i don't know why i said front this is the this is where she was living when she did. It was okay. all in uh, in this one. The first house that you're thinking of, she just, she got, she stole their checks. And that's why she ended up going to jail. But in this one, they think that she started murdering here and then went to jail and came back and just kept going. Betty Palmer was 78 years old. And she also refused to let Puente take financial control. Palmer had lots of friends and family. So Puente... She had a handyman cut off her head, hands, and legs, and the police never found these body parts. 
And she wait, was wait, found wait, 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 wait. So Puentes had a handyman do her dirty work for what her. What handyman was yes. this? The police said that she oftentimes hired ex-cons as handymen just to do whatever around the house. So they think that um, <clears throat> one of them helped with this. They don't know which one. She was found wearing a white nightgown and she was buried underneath a statue of St. Francis. And St. Francis is the patron saint of animals, merchants, and stowaways. And checks were cashed because, like I said, she refused to let Puente take financial control. <clears throat> so after Puente murdered her, Puente took her photo and put it on Betty Palmer's IDs and just went and cashed her checks. All seven bodies were found with Dalmain when they were... Please explain that. I'm trying to think of the word. What is it? Uh, the autopsies. I'm sorry. The, autopsy, the autopsies found that all seven bodies were found with Dalmain in the system, and that is an insomnia drug. So she <clears throat> drugged all of them, amongst other things. Puente was on the run for five days before she was finally caught, and from what I read, she was holed up in a hotel room. and. During these five days is when Everson Gilmas' body was finally identified, like I said earlier, because while she was on the run, due to her connection to him and the fact that all seven bodies in her yard were found in similar circumstances, so like I said, wrapped in sheets and plastic wrap, he was identified three years after the police found him. Wow. Also... With all of this happening, Ruth Monroe's children were finally able to get their mother's case reopened. So that is a little bittersweet here. So like I said, Puente was holed up in a hotel room in Los Angeles, um, but she got bored. So she went to a bar one night. She met a man named Charles, and she told him her name was Donna Johansson. So we're back to Axel's last name now. She has got a finesse with those names. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, very luckily, Charles immediately got a weird feeling about her. So he talked to her and, you know, they had a couple drinks together. But when she tried to talk him into going back to his place, he didn't want to go out with her that night. But they made plans to see each other the next day. And when he got home, he turned on the news and saw Donna Johansson was Dorothea Puente. So this badass man, he called police and reported her. But before he did that, he called her hotel room and talked to her and was like, hey, are you, you going out tonight? And she's like, no, nah, I'm probably just going to stay in. So then he called police and was like, hey, this is where she is. This is her hotel room. She's there now. And police go and arrested Dorothea Puente in her hotel room without any issues. She went with them willingly because at this point, lady, what the hell are you going to do? The trial was in 1993. Y'all, it was fucking wild, okay? The defense portrayed her as a thief, but not a murderer. <clears throat> they basically said, she's just a sweet, cute old grandma. Yeah, she stole and lied every now and then, but she didn't murder anybody. Well, that's and why the there's bodies found in her front yeah. yard. Oh, well, they weren't her. She didn't do that. That was, uh, she rented that house. Six years ago, yeah. Or, no, it was probably, like, 11 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. It was more so, than that because she was in that house. Oh no, because she, wait, she yeah. got out of jail in 
85, right? That's when she got the house, right? Let's see. No, she got out of jail in... Boy, I'm going way back up here. Um, sorry, it's it's fine. Don't even fret. It's the early 80s. So 82, was it? Roughly. Okay. I think so. I thought she said that she went into jail at 82 and she got out at 85. Yeah, but she was living there when she went in jail, too. And she got out of jail and went right back to the same mm. house. Okay. So she was living there for quite okay. some time. Now, the prosecution in this case, they were arguing that she was a criminal mastermind and a skilled manipulator. She fucking is. <laughs> and at one point, there was actually a deadlocked jury. But eventually, Dorothea Puente was convicted of three murders. She was convicted, Dorothea Miller, uh, for murdering in the first degree, first degree murder. And then she was convicted on Benjamin Fink and Leona Carpenter, both for second degree murder. She was sentenced to two life sentences at Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, California. And she claimed she was innocent until her natural death in prison on March 27th, 2011. And she was 82 years old. She was not innocent. There's oh. no way that she is innocent. Did she confess towards the end of her life? Because you said. Never. Okay. Yeah. She never confessed. Now, she did. Um, like I said, she was known even in jail for her cooking. She has a cookbook that I might have bought. And she. Y'all, those, those recipes are just fucking wild. Okay, like, I know one I think I sent to Bryce. There's a picture of her tamales. And then she even has a recipe for prison-style tamales. I'm not using her recipe for tamales. No. You, all, you already make bomb tamales. You don't need anybody else's recipe. <laughs> I am working on it. They're getting there. <laughs> the point is, I don't need her recipe. I've got my own. I've got my grandma's. I don't need her recipes. I'm honestly afraid to I bought the cookbook because it does have uh like little excerpts because what happened is she became pen pals with this man's and she would send him recipes and he got uh interviews from her and all sorts of stuff so throughout the book yeah there's recipes and stuff but there's also just interesting little tidbits about her and stuff that she said and she's stop. still like what stop becoming pen pals with killers yeah, I don't understand the hype right there. But apparently he uh, published a book off of it. So from what I've read, California actually sent him a paper saying, or a letter, saying that the proceeds from that book had to go to the families, the victims' families. I believe that is a law only in California. Only three victims, though. Only three victims, because she was only convicted of three. Well, the problem is I was never able to research... And find if the proceeds are going to those families, which honestly, if I would have known that before I brought the I bought the book, I wouldn't have bought that book. So that's a lesson to me, because if it's going to him, no offense, dude, but that's that's fucked up. I wouldn't have bought this knowing that. I'm assuming if California is pushing for that, then he the proceeds should be going to the family. Yeah. I really hope so, but he lives in a different state. So I don't know how much they can actually you know, I don't know how all that works. I don't know if they can actually enforce that or not. Well, I don't know if that's going to be something for California or if that would cross state lines either. Well, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. if the book was published in California, I don't... 
No. I don't know. I feel like they would have to get like the Supreme Court to rule on that because it's if he were out of state, then yeah, California can't do shit. Right. But it is. But if, the, um, if the book were published in California mm-hmm. and it's distributed in California, then yeah, they could. That's definitely right. something that I'm going to look at in the future before I buy stuff. Uh, but until then, I guess I'm just, I don't know. I really don't know if I want to use her recipes because this is like, is this stuff that you potentially served people? And killed them with because I don't want to. I don't want to make your tamales. No, 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 no. She she put the insomnia drug in them, but she didn't include that in any of the recipes because she claimed her innocence. <laughs> That's a yeah. They skipped. She skipped that one. If it yeah. says seasonings, she's referring to the um the drugs, the dalmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the salt most thing. likely. That's yeah. probably her. Well, if it just says seasonings, it's yeah. Well, see, I don't have, I don't have Dalmain. Now I do have Trazodone. So one day if, uh, when Annie starts eating, if she just will not sleep, I could potentially make her some, um, some sleepy time. No. Tamales. No, you cannot. I said potentially. I said potentially. That would kill your baby. No, not, it's just small doses. I'll give her like a, a sliver. No. No. Okay. Jinx, you owe me a white claw. No, I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> Let's see. Do not give Trazodone. Okay. We need oh to God. put a whiteboard behind you with all of the do's and don'ts. Whenever you know. I take your baby, do not Whenever give your I baby do. Trazodone. Do not hit your baby. I'm going to get a whiteboard and we will, uh, I'll pin that on the Twitter post. And every time, every time we add, I'll update it until I... Until I stop using my husband's computer. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> so yeah, that's the uh, that's the story of this cold-hearted killer, and this is why I don't trust sweet-looking, strange old ladies in public. I'm sorry, but the gas my mind is yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, my mind is warped. Can't do it. For those of you that didn't hear last week's she started this story by giving us a personal story and now she's tying that back in yeah Um, also by the way i did look at the first picture as well she does not look Mm -hmm. sweet and innocent in the first picture yeah she really doesn't it kind of looks like i just say this because i know someone who um used to like chew tobacco and they ended up getting cancer like in their jaw and they had to get like their jaw removed. It kind of looks like she, I don't know, had that done because her jaw is like, you can't even see her jaw. You can really only see her cheekbones. And then, so like this part is just gone. I attribute I that to the, uh, the surgery that she had, the weight loss surgery. Uh, just because well, I, I mean, know that was my- just gastric bypass though. That's just your stomach. That essentially gastric bypass, just like, so, you know, your stomach expands when you eat more food, but gastric bypass just, like, makes it smaller so that, like, only small portions are able to fill. No, I, I know what it is, but my mom actually had it, but it does affect your body in other ways, too, because you oh. lose weight so drastically. It does affect the way mm-hmm. that the, I mean, you know, you have excess skin and stuff, so it did affect the way that um, it'll hang, like, off of your arms or stuff like that, so it does... Yeah. 
I know with my mom specifically, she wasn't that bad, but it did change the way that her face looked. And I have seen other people that you come out looking older afterwards just because of the way that the skin sags in some places. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know a nicer way to word that. But in this picture, she is also in jail. This is a 2009 photo of her. Like to say, I usually say that, you know, they could be innocent at the very end because these people claim their innocence, but I don't believe that she's innocent. Because of the amount of, the number of people who died, I mean, in, I guess, like, one of her tenants could have done it, but I mean, at the same time, like, which tenant would be there for the amount of time that she was not in jail, the amount of time that she was in jail, the amount of time that she was after not in jail again i mean plus like everywhere she went someone ended up getting she was also their caretaker at that point she was in charge of their health and well-being and so she was the one that needed to be taking care of them and so it likely points to her just because she is the common factor yes because there were people um yeah in 2011 march of 2011 there were people that she drugged that didn't live with her when she was a uh, nurse's assistant or a caretaker. A I doctor. saw him called both. Yeah, doctor. <laughs> doctor Death, maybe. <laughs> okay. You guys ready? I'm so excited. I am. I am too. Like, look at this face. So excited. Okay, so. That was kind of a weird face, Amanda. That's why I did it. It kind of scared me a little bit. Oh, this is the wrong podcast for you then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so just fair warning for anyone listening. I've had a cough for like a month now. So I do have cough drops that I'm sucking on. So I don't cough in the middle of this. But if you hear them, I'm sorry. I will try to get rid of them in the final record or editing. But I don't make promises. So. If you do hear me sucking on that while I'm talking, get over it. Yeah, get um, over it. She's had COVID, okay? She's like a fucking is, trooper. I fucking have made it through COVID, and now I'm trying to make it through the stupid COVID cough. Yeah. You made yeah. it through COVID and did not miss a recording or work. So get off her nuts, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because that's I got that's you. accurate. <laughs> so, that being said. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Also, she worked from home, so she wasn't irresponsible. Oh, yeah, I, I can work yeah. from home, so don't worry. I don't spread my cooties everywhere like what Cody does. Tried to do. I had to yell at him several times. Can't go out. You have COVID. <laughs> we won't get into that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not going to interrupt you again for at least five minutes. Go. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about skinwalkers. I love skinwalkers. Love skinwalkers. Skinwalkers are a Navajo legend that are, they're very highly taboo in the Navajo culture. Um, Even speaking of skinwalkers in passing is highly frowned upon. They fear that if they speak of the skinwalker, there will be possible repercussions that come along with speaking of them. And a lot of natives will just outright refuse to talk to outsiders about skinwalkers, whether they believe it's just a bad omen or um, it's more of a tribal matter. Either way, they just are kind of very like, nope, we're not talking about it. And so just like I said, they just are really afraid of a lot of repercussions to come with it. 
So next week, after we've talked about this, we'll talk about the repercussions us three get for talking about skinwalkers that we probably deserve. But I'm going to give you guys all the facts and signs to tell if there's a skinwalker nearby. So skinwalkers are just a huge belief in Navajo lore. And it's understood that if someone has chosen to become a skinwalker, they've chosen a life over, or I'm sorry, they've chosen evil over life. Basically, they've given up any claim on being human and they're considered to be a, an entity of pure evil. When they do choose to go and become a skinwalker, they're typically looking to increase their own power and their own wealth. Someone that does become a skinwalker, they are trying to use their power to instill fear in others, inflict pain, and to kill people for the right price. The right price? Yes. Interesting. Once a skinwalker or someone has chosen the path to become a skinwalker, they are actually no longer protected by law and can be killed without any consequence because in the culture's eyes, they're no longer human anyways. So, I mean, you know. So, in the Navajo culture, skinwalker is translated to yi nal dushi, which could, I could have totally said that wrong, but I'm guessing. And that translates to, with it, he goes on all fours, or he that walks like an animal. Now, this is significant because skinwalkers are considered shapeshifters. And like I said earlier, is people are absolutely terrified to talk about skinwalkers in public, especially the uh, Navajo people. They're terrified. They don't talk about them in public. And even more so, they do not talk about them at night because the skinwalkers... Uh, time of day is nighttime typically and is it like a sorry is it like a beetlejuice thing where if you say your name they appear no okay not necessarily. i just didn't know if i didn't know if that was like why they were afraid to to say the names um well so they're afraid of the repercussions with it and some of the repercussions they think are going to happen is that if you talk of a skinwalker um you will be like the next victim ah or it could be like a Beetlejuice situation and one might appear. So, so it's either, either way, Beetlejuice it's or it's either Beetlejuice or Voldemort. Yeah. Gotcha. So one way or another, you just don't want to do it. Gotcha. And since we're okay. talking about them in depth and I'm going to say Skinwalker a thousand more times, we're all double fucked. You're welcome. So if a Skinwalker Wonderful. appears, sorry. Hey, Bryce. <laughs> you don't care about my life? Man. I'm going to. You, you signed up for this podcast. You signed away that right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, you know what? If a skinwalker comes to my door, I'm just going to tell him, hey, you know, Bryce lives at B. Bryce lives at Drive. Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go a skinwalker in, you know, shows she up was at your the one door. Who said your name. If a skinwalker yeah. shows up at your door, that means they've already, like, gone, yeah, no, we're going the opposite direction. Like, you know. Anyways, so according to legend, skinwalkers, again, they're an evil shapeshifter and they have the power to transform or possess any, almost any predatory animal of their choosing. And the more powerful skinwalkers are said to be able to control or shapeshift into another person. So we don't want to get on their bad sides. We, we want to be on their good sides. Yes, please. Now. Another kind of terrifying thing with skinwalkers is they might be living a completely normal life during the day among the tribe. And you have absolutely no idea. 
because they walk and talk during the day just like they would if they weren't a skinwalker. And then at nighttime, they go and do their skinwalker things. So don't piss off anybody ever. Yes. Um, so their skinwalkers are very fast and agile and they're basically impossible to catch. Now, the skinwalkers, they can be male or female, and they're actually considered to be shaman or witches who take part in secret forbidden rituals and ceremonies. And these ceremonies typically include the use of black magic or summoning evil forces. They do things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, it goes against the tribe's norm. And I already said that they are nighttime creatures. They just roam freely at night in the Navajo tribe. And I know a lot of the articles I read said that the Navajo people are actually fearful to walk alone at night because of skinwalkers. And if you have a particular... What? I, I just said I would be too. Oh. Um, if a skinwalker is particularly brave, or maybe a little bit cocky, I'm not sure, they might actually start walking earlier at uh, as early as dusk rather than when it's nighttime. So you kind of, you might see the braver ones in a little bit better light. But those are the night, ones I would be more afraid of. Mm -hmm. Yes, because those are probably the ones that can control people. No thanks. But at night, skinwalkers, they tend to gather in dark caves so they can't be seen planning their nefarious attacks. Or um, so that their super secret initiation of new members cannot be seen to prying eyes either. Because it's, it's like a super exclusive club. It's like the country club you don't want to be in. And oh, that's a uh, that's a membership fee that I'm not willing to pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell you what that fee is later on. Oh, but, oh, oh no. <laughs> in, in these super secret club gatherings, um, they might be making plans on how to scare or kill their victims. They may be creating illness potions or performing dark ceremonial rites that actually mock the traditional Navajo ceremonies. Um, and a lot of these rituals break the Navajo societal norm, including cannibalism, incest, and desecrating graves. So the skinwalkers, kind of crazy. And you might ask, why would they desecrate a grave? And the reason is to get corpse powder, which is it's powder from a corpse. You're just trying to get like bone dust, I guess. I don't know. But they use it in poison because it's known to cause sickness and, and death and the leader of the skinwalkers is typically like an old but very powerful man and he's typically the one that leads these dark ceremonial rites that mock their actual traditions now keep in mind yes they have all these crazy things and they're using dark magic and stuff but in all technicality they are still considered witchers witches or shaman and are technically human they just give up the right to claim they are. And they are also believed to possess supernatural powers, such as being able to transform into animals or have supernatural speed. Now, again, they're able to shift into almost any predatory animal using either its pelt or its skin. Some sources said that they had to have the pelt or skin of the animal they wanted to transform into on them. And some said they just had to have a random pelt or skin and they could transform into whatever they want. So that's not quite clear um, based off of my sources. Does it and, have to, or do you know, does it have to be the full pelt? 
I'm assuming so. Okay. Some of the more common animal forms they take include fox, goat, owl, coyote, cougar, dog, wolf, those typical things. And some of the more readily available pelts that they just kind of have are like a dog, coyote, goat, sheep. So those are typically the ones that they'll be able to easily access. Now, I said they can transform into most predatory animals. For some reason, the only animal that a skinwalker is unable to shift into is a goose. And it's basically because geese have attitude problems. And their their attitude basically blocks the path for the skinwalker to use that form. So skinwalkers, I'm hearing, are afraid of geese. And I completely understand that. Because I don't know if y'all are aware, geese are fucking assholes. I did not say they were afraid of geese. I said they could not turn into a goose. They cannot turn into a geese. Geese. <laughs> now, here's here's another part. Is uh, It also told me that if you would like to keep yourself safe from a skinwalker or have some sort of an alarm to a skinwalker, get yourself a goose because it's going to act as an alarm to uh, the presence of a skinwalker. So You got your goose. If you needed a reason to get your husband to be on board with buying you another pet, here it is. And you can now go get a goose. Attack goose. <laughs> Your guard goose, of course. Yes. It's there for very valid reasons. Like, you need a guard goose to defend against skinwalkers or alert against skinwalkers. Now, the different pelts or the different animals they might shapeshift into, there are reasons they might shapeshift, shapeshift into specific animals. Each animal has, like, its own unique set of advantages. So if you were to turn into like a wolf, a dog, a coyote, or any really similar canine type creatures, you would get more stamina, nocturnal vision, better hearing, a better sense of smell, and better endurance to travel long distances. Yes. I'm sorry. Is a goose a predator? I think so. Yeah. I never knew that. Is a goose a predator? I'm pretty sure they're predator. Predators. I never knew that, but if they are, it tracks. She's uh, not anything available on Google. Maybe they're not. Predators. Canada geese and Steve. Uh, no, it's telling me what. Maybe they're not a predator. I don't know. There are some animals where I just assume that they're predators because they're jackasses. And that's one of yeah. them. So. Okay, back on topic. So. Dog, wolf, coyote, they have. Where was I? Oh, so they can get better endurance to travel long distances. And some skinwalkers have been known to travel 200 miles in a day on foot. So definitely better endurance. If they were to shapeshift into a cougar or something similar, it gives them greater speed, better agility, and they're more stealthy. Um, If they're to shapeshift into a flying critter, such as an owl or a crow or an eagle or a predatory bird, it may give them better vision, sharp razor claws, and also the ability to fly without alerting people to their presence. Which is not my favorite thing. Now they get all of these things from shape-shifting into like a wolf. But the powers they have with them are more pronounced than in a typical animal. So like they can run faster than a wolf still. So it's still a little bit not my favorite thing. It's a lot of it not my favorite thing. So it's that animal on crack. Times two. That animal on crack times two. Yes. Jesus. Okay. And And roller skates. Because I just think, you know, can you imagine going 200 miles a day on your feet? 
you need to roll I'm just shoes. imagining <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff right now. I'm imagining a cracked out wolf on roller skates. And this is, this is a time up here. This is a time to be alive. I thought I'd add to the visual you had going. Okay. I like it. Thank okay. you. Um, now, if a shaman or a witch remains in their animal form for too long, there's a chance that they're actually going to lose their humanity. And that leaves them even more dangerous than before. So if you're going to become a skinwalker and you don't want to be too terribly dangerous, don't stay in animal form for too long. But if you're trying to go for that, then I guess stay in animal form. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be giving you tips, but we're going to move on. Now, because of skinwalkers, it's actually taboo to wear animal pelts in, uh, or I'm sorry, predatory animal pelts in the Navajo culture. There is an exception to wearing pelts, of course. They have records of using hides of non-predatory animals for ceremonial purposes. So this is just the traditional Navajo ceremonies. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for some of the more powerful skinwalkers, that ones that can control humans, it's said that they're able to steal the body of their victim just by locking eyes with them. So yet another reason for me to not make eye contact with anyone. I'm fucked. Any animals whatsoever. And, well, they didn't say they had to be an animal to take control. It just said you can't lock eyes with them. I'm, yeah, I'm screwed because I'm the uh-huh. kind of asshole that's like, you, you look at me, I look at you. Yeah, you don't want to do that with a skinwalker. Um, because they can begin controlling that person and they can also become that person at will. Because they are shapeshifters. So they can just be like, I wonder what Amanda's up to. Well, no, they're going to shape shift into you and then they can be like going around wreaking havoc while you're taking a nap. What if we meet each other? What happens then? What if it's just like. Nothing to my knowledge? Is that just what evil twins are? Ooh, maybe. Or like, what is it called? Um, A doppelganger? Yes, a doppelganger. This is like my evil twin doppelganger person. Like I'm just. At Walmart, just being a mom and stuff, like grocery shopping, and then I go out into the parking lot and I see me mugging somebody. That would be your doppel. Yeah, I think that maybe what it is. I'm glad we found that revelation here. Okay. Here's the thing, though, is once you're under the control of a skinwalker, is you're kind of fucked because they have absolute, complete control of you. They can make you do things, say things that you just would not. That you would not normally do at all. So every, anything out of the ordinary. I will, however, say it might be kind of fun to make Cody do some crazy things, though, that he wouldn't typically do. Like staying were... at home when he has COVID? Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't need to be a skinwalker to make him do that. <laughs> I just needed to be like, no. So can there be like a skinwalker for good? Like, no, I'm going to take over this person and make them drink some water. Well, no, because they they choose evil, so yes. they would be evil. But they what if have I'm chosen like... evil? But I guess you could maybe change your ways after you become a skinwalker and be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use these powers for good. Yeah, I like will... you're looking real dehydrated right now. I'm gonna say there's probably no good skinwalkers, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But the only way for like a victim to break out of a trance, if the skinwalker has you under a trance where they're controlling you, is you have to have a stronger willpower than the skinwalker. Now, if you are a victim, you might be targeted by a skinwalker and they may try to frighten 
harm or even possibly kill you if they were paid the right price. Now, so they might... Assassins? Mercenaries? Sure. Okay. I assume they would kill you if you pissed them off, too. Because they tend to not let people survive that get in their way. But that's not any of my concern there. I just won't get oh. in their way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not worried if you try to kill me. No biggie. No, no, I'm just not going to get in the way. Like, Big you're going to kill Bryce over here. Else. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So they might try to frighten, harm, or kill you. And you might know that they're nearby. If you begin finding dead animal pelts nearby. Uh, if you start smelling a heavy smell of dead animals or an unpleasant metallic smell. If you start feeling like someone is watching you or stalking you. If you start hearing banging on walls or windows or hearing knocking on the door. Or if you hear scratching or scraping on your physical structure. I'm suddenly not as upset that I quit my job because we had a lot of this going on there. Um, they also, you might be able to hear them on the roof. From them trying to find a way to get in from the roof as well. Now. Good thing we don't have a chimney. What if I think There's it's Santa? It's not. If it's not December 25th, it's probably not Santa. And even at that, give Santa a key. Don't let him come down the chimney anymore. Noted. Okay. What if they take over Santa? I don't know if that's possible. What okay. if Santa is a good skinwalker? See? That's what I'm saying. Like, just instead of like water and broccoli he's just bringing kids toys i don't think he is i'll tell you why it's fine okay now you might hear them trying to get in from the roof and there's some reports that say they cannot enter a structure without being invited so like a vampire they can't come in unless they're welcomed in and there are some that don't say that at all so that's unclear if that's accurate or not but it did state, all of the sources stated that a lot of times they would try to get up on your roof to find the ventilation so they could poison you through your ventilation by pouring oh that corpse goodness. powder just right on down. Oh my goodness. And nowadays they are seen more as tricksters. But a lot of times people will say they see a skinwalker appear in front of vehicles trying to cause accidents. So. That's that's not a trickster. That's murderous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, we're not going to get into that. Now, if you're hearing or experiencing any of these things, it might be time. No, it might not be time. If you're hearing or experiencing any of these, especially if you're, like, hearing the knocking on the windows and stuff, don't look out. Just don't fucking do it. Because... You might look out the window and see a skinwalker staring back at you from the window. And what was that noise? That was just, that was me just being like, oh no, now I'm, now I'm taken. Now I'm, a, now he's got me. Yeah. Well, here's the creepy part is he might be standing there staring at you and skinwalkers typically have red or yellow eyes. Oh. So you'll see these red or yellow eyes staring at you. And now and I'm skinwalker fodder. You can typically see them smiling ear to ear, just this huge ass grin staring back at you with their fucking red eyes. Get the fuck off of my lawn. 
That sounds so creepy. But if you make eye contact, they can make you come outside if they're powerful enough to control you. So skinwalker fodder. So I'm just, I'm just, no, I don't like this. Just don't look at your window is what I'm saying. Some remedies against, against the skinwalker's black magic. First of all, if you do think you are being stalked by a skinwalker, it might be time for you to get a medicine man or a healer involved to be like, hey, yo, I need help. Um, Or a good shaman. What? And a goose. Yes. Several geese. A flock of them. I guess. The guard geese. Yes. Please. And you got to know, they have to be a good medicine man or healer. Because this medicine man or healer, they need to be able to remove any spells cast on you. And if you so choose, you can cast those spells back onto the skinwalker. So, I mean, if you want to stoop to that level. I totally yeah. want to be like, you know what? You want to curse me? I curse you back. Send it off. Freaky Friday, this shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, shit. I'd fucking do that. You want to cash it on me? Up. I'll cash shit on you. Fuck yeah. 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 But wait, what so, if it fails? You better oh. be ready for plan B. Now, in well, most gonna, of these... I'm gonna... so, what? Nothing. Sorry. I was going to make a bad joke. Nothing. Go ahead. I want to hear it now. You can't start a bad joke and not finish it with me. I was going <laughs> to... You said I was. I better be ready with Plan B, and I was like, "What? Am I going to get pregnant again?" <laughs> Not that Plan B. Good try. Yeah. Now, in most of these um, anti-witching counter curses that the medicine men perform, they're able to bring up like the face of the witch, and then they'll be able to tell the witch that they've been exposed and they know who they are. That'll come in to play in just a minute when we get into how to kill a skinwalker. Now, oh, that's my place. So if you do feel like you're being stalked, a medicine man can potentially create a barrier around your home um, to help keep the skinwalker at bay. I didn't look into what that entails. So I don't know if it's like a salt ring or something else. I don't know. Not a moat with an alligator because an alligator is a predator. Just so Maybe you know. a moat with a ton of geese. Oh, a whole yes. flock of geese. A flock of guard geese. That's smart. Yes. So I boat, was, it would just be a moat. You would just be going around and around and around in your little moats on the boats. Well, we don't need a boat. We got geese. A lazy exactly. river of guard geese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let me check my expenses real fast to make sure that I have the money. For <laughs> that is, that's in the budget. That is, that is like number one priority. Yeah. To get your moat of guard geese, your lazy river of guard geese. Uh, if you don't know a medicine man, then you can get ash from a fire and place the ash along the doorway and that will keep skinwalkers at bay as well. Now, if you are going to go the route of getting a healer or a medicine man, beware because there are some healers and medicine men that may enter into deals with a skinwalker and charge you a fee and then split the earnings with the skinwalker. So the skinwalker curses you, the healer or medicine man counters it, but makes you pay it however much and then splits the money. How rude. So don't get scammed. Okay. Jeez, how the hell am I supposed to know that? I don't know. Good luck. What the fuck? I didn't research how to find scamming medicine men. Okay. I am trusting the medicine men. Don't. You just told me not to. I can be bamboozled. 
Okay, but even if you are bamboozled, they're lifting the curse anyways. It's not like they're not doing it. They just might have entered a deal with the Skinwalker for the Skinwalker to do it to you. What in the triple agent bullshit? <laughs> you know what? Not my problem. Okay. I don't know how to help you there. I'm not a I'm medicine gonna man. Get I'm ash. not a healer. Yeah. I'm just going to get the ash and a lazy river and just hope for the best. The okay. ash and a goose. And I'm going to tether them to th- all the doors. I'm just imagining your house with all these geese tethered to every... <laughs> it's not just doors in my mind. You've got them tethered to doors and windows and any entry point. Yeah, like I'm not... The mailman, I'm not going to get any more Amazon packages at this point. <laughs> like, that's just done. Yeah, just that can be done. But you know what? You could ha- you could train one of your geese to go and get your Amazon packages from where they're left at, like, the driveway. How many? Yeah, you can train any animal. animal. Yeah, I'm going to need some sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds or whatever the fuck geese eat. I didn't Google that, so you're going to have to Google that on your own time. Now, those are that's kind of the remedies if you have some black magic against you. Now, if you want to become a skinwalker. I don't, this is out of order, I'm sorry. If you would like to kill a skinwalker, plan B. Um, because most people are unprepared for a skinwalker, I'm here to help. And help prepare you guys for what you need to do to kill a skinwalker. Thank God. Since they are nearly impossible to catch, one, uh, to catch, really catching one is off the table. You just need to resort to killing them. Done. So you might ask, how do you do this? Yeah. That, exactly. <laughs> literally exactly what I asked. Um, I'm sorry. I was coughing when you asked. and That reverberated in my head. It was very loud. I don't care. My, okay. It is reverberated in my head how to kill a skinwalker right now okay well the first way to do it is to shoot them but it's not that simple okay according to legends you have to use either silver bullets or bullets dipped into white ash i only found the silver bullet reference one time in my research so that's perfect because the white ash is much more affordable yes so anyways to successfully Burn a fire and wait until it you know dies down right well yeah but and then you can double because you can dip the bullet in ash and also you can put the ash in front of your doorways now you're thinking yeah now to successfully shoot a skinwalker you must aim above their neck and that's it you gotta get a, a neck or head shot those are your options and don't be surprised if you're gun jams while you're shooting at them it's very normal when you're shooting at a skinwalker also don't be surprised when your rounds have no effect because typically this only happens if the bullets are not silver or you didn't dip them in white ash so don't fuck that part up like i'm telling you right now your bullets are specific do not fuck it up if it's not one of those two it's not gonna work but if you do shoot them below the neck You might see the bullet just pass through the body and leave the skinwalker completely unharmed because they go into ghost mode from the neck down and everything just goes right through them, apparently. Ghost mode. Can we take a break real quick while I go reload my gun in a completely different manner? Also, burn something. I I need to burn something, apparently. (laughs) No. You're going to have to wait till after. Sorry. I'm now, so vulnerable right now. You're going to have to Amanda, do you need to tell us something? Are you being hunted by a skinwalker right now? I Is don't someone... know, but do you I just hear need scratching to... 
on your walls? I don't know. I have headphones on. Okay. <laughs> but I just need to add some ash to the 13 coins outside just to be sure. Listen, you can do it later. It's fine. It's daytime. They're nighttime predators. It's only daytime for like six more hours, okay? It's not going to take six hours to finish this. Yeah, but I've got a lot to do. I've got to burn some stuff. i got to find a goose salesman. What? I bet you can find a goose salesman pretty easily on Google. Don't worry about it. <laughs> i got to Google a goose salesman now. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> here's the thing with skinwalkers, though, is, is if you're able to wound one, maybe you like graze their neck or their face or something. The good news is that that injury will show up in their human form so that you can identify them. Yes. Okay. So that's good. Now, the second method of killing a skinwalker, I labeled it as the say my name method. Because the second method to know or to kill a skinwalker is to be able to just identify them and to say their real name. So like Amanda, if you were a skinwalker, I would say, Amanda, you are a skinwalker. And within three days, you're going to get sick and fall ill and die. If you're a skinwalker. So it's the destiny child's method. Yes. Okay. Now, in order to accomplish this method, you will probably need the help of a very powerful shaman that can counter any spells, anything like that. Um, and the only issue with that is that shamans can charge you a fee if you decide to go that route. So, you know... But I can guarantee if the shaman is helping Wouldn't you look for the identity. Fee anyway? Not necessarily. Oh. Now, nice shaman. Yeah. Now, I, as I did my reading, I found that you might have to have a little bit of a dramatic flair. Like, I couldn't just shout this. Like, I couldn't just be, like, one-on-one -on -one telling you to your face. I guess that doesn't do anything from what I could understand. So, first of all, step one. You've got to figure out who they are and what their name is. And that's not easy because they are very secret in their... Uh, their country club up in the cave, okay? They are secretive. And once you have their name, you have to be able to track it back to its home without dying, by the way. And then once you're back to its home, you need to yell their name. So you need to yell the Amanda, you are a skinwalker for all to hear. And then they will die shortly after. So have your dramatic flair ready for that one. So those are your two options for how to kill a skinwalker. Any yeah, questions? I'm going to shoot it. Okay. Now, the Navajo are so terrified of skinwalkers that I did find reference to something called the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I could not find a lot of information on this, so I don't know how accurate this information is. So I'm going to give you just the basic idea of what it is. After failed wars with the U.S. Army in the 1860s, the Navajo tribe was forced out of their home and sent to New Mexico. And this is in the Four Corners area. Um, so they're sent to New Me Mexico. The tribes people get there and they suffer from bad water, failed crops, illness, death, and just horrible, horrible things. Um, and a lot of the tribes people blamed, the, they just thought their gods had abandoned them. And so a lot of them turned in, supposedly turned into skinwalkers because they were trying to escape those bad circumstances and during uh, try to get rid of trying to get away from those conditions. Four years later, the U.S. government went, oh shit, and let them have their land back. So they went back to the Four Corners area. Once they were back there and they had their normal flow, they kind of were like, okay, now we have a bunch of skinwalkers among us. 
which isn't real great. And the people began really hunting for the skinwalkers. And this witch hunt begins, and supposedly somebody found a collection of dark objects wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868, which I believe is the treaty that gave them their land back. And in 1878, they, the tribe killed, supposedly killed 40 suspected witches to restore balance for their tribe. That seems like a lot. Uh-huh. Supposedly. That does. Uh, like I said, I could only find like one or two references to this and I couldn't find like an extensive history on it and I tried. So I don't know how accurate that is. But I mean, if that is accurate, that's a lot of people that they really were terrified of being skinwalkers. Okay. Couldn't you just like put on some kind of performance and then just acapella sing all these 40 people's names and just see if they die in three days instead of just killing them? I don't know. I guess not. No, Maybe they did. And it didn't work after a few years. And they're like, I know. Like, pff, done. That didn't work. Said yeah. your name wrong. I don't know. So supposedly, that's what happened. Don't know if it's accurate. Now, that's how fearful they are. And part of that fear comes with what you have to do to become a skinwalker. Now, to become a skinwalker, we know they started as humans. They're either witches or shaman. So we know, we know that they start just like you and me. Now, it's unclear if you have to be Nava of Navajo descent to become a skinwalker or if you just need to be able to do the rituals. I, I don't know. But to become a skinwalker, you have to commit a crime. It's not just Done. any crime. Oh. <laughs> that was really quick. It's not just any crime, <laughs> but it has to be like a really, really terrible crime because you have to kill someone. Not done. Not just anyone, though. You have to kill a close relative. Ooh. And some reports state that once you have done this during your initiation, when you're becoming a skinwalker, you also have to eat that relative. Who's reporting on cannibalism now? I was taking it from you this time. Um, I I'm not my torch. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, anyways, so they very much like they have to really prove that they're like a this terrible, awful, they're like a truly evil person. Like, who would kill a close relative and then eat them? Like, not yeah, I mean, did, did all of these 40-some people, did all of their relatives randomly just die? I have no idea. Like <laughs> I said, I couldn't find a lot of information about it, so. But then again, are. if that was true, if they were going through all of the disasters that they were going through, it probably would have been hard to tell. Because I imagine, like, with the crops failing and the water, all of that, people were unfortunately dying oh, yeah commonly. a lot of the a lot of the tribe did die in that time from what i could find and so i if people connected dots i don't know where or how they connected dots i'm just here to tell you about it now even to this day people very much strongly believe in the existence of skinwalkers and there are some superstitions around them the one superstition I did find, which I think we should all follow from now on, 
is that if you ever find a lone track of animal prints anywhere, you have to walk over it and not step on them because it's bad luck. So if you ever see your little kitty cat paw prints anywhere, step over it, not on it. Might have fucked up at work while tracking an animal through a marsh one time. Well, now you know better. Don't every time I literally step on top of the footprints every time I see them. Don't do that. Uh, Bad luck. (laughs) That's just bad luck. Here's the thing. Is I have stories. But to make these stories even better, they're from people I know. So the first story, my darling husband's dad. Yes. Can I ask a quick question that's been like I had to write it down so I couldn't forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Um, so you say skinwalkers are either like shamans or witches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if I hire a skinwalker to get rid of a skinwalker since you sometimes not, get. Not going to happen. Because they're, they're very like tight knit uh-huh. as well. And so it's likely that you'll die before they give up. Oh, take- wonderful. <laughs> They'll take your money and be like, yeah, we'll work on getting rid of this, this skinwalker. But they really are a skinwalker on their own, right? So you'll right. probably die before they ever help you kill them. Oh, great. So I don't have to worry about that. No. Peachy, okay. <laughs> Am I giving you trust issues? Yeah. And I already have trust issues. Great story, Bryce. Let's go. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So these are personal <laughs> stories, not necessarily from me, but... I have a story from Cody's mom, his dad, a couple from Cody, and just a couple. Did you marry into Skinwalker Prey? I guess so. I don't freaking know. I feel like that should have been in his vows or something. (laughs) Like when he proposed, he should have been like, Bryce, I love you so much. Please marry me. By the way, you might see a Skinwalker one day. He did tell me he had friends. He didn't specify that they were Skinwalkers. Okay. It's, if he alluded, then I, I guess we can let that pass. Yeah. So, so Cody's dad, he is a truck driver. So he's on the road all the time. And he, he's told us several times about the story that he was driving his truck. Um, I don't remember if he was in Northern, Northern California or on his way to Northern California. But regardless, he's driving. Dee, 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 and a wolf that he says was the size of like a polar bear jumped into the road it like merged onto the highway probably didn't use its blinker ran ahead of the (laughs) truck that was going (laughs) what sorry go ahead (laughs) and so anyways it's running ahead of this truck that's still going like highway speeds of like 60 65 miles per hour runs ahead of the truck keeping pace for a few gallops and then veers off and disappears without a trace so his dad thinks it was a skinwalker based off of the size, the speed, and it also did disappear without a trace, which is also a very common thing to happen with skinwalkers. Also, he didn't use his skinwalker blinker, which is just a dead giveaway. Clearly. I totally have that in my notes, too. It says probably no blinker. <laughs> I'm just saying there probably was no signal. He did not say I'm merging. Okay. Next time I get road rage for somebody that doesn't use a, a blinker, like it's just gonna be like you fucking skinwalker. 
wait for the day when it is a skinwalker, though. Because <laughs> you'll be fucked. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's his dad's story. His that was short and sweet, like great story. <laughs> Ten out of ten. Okay. <laughs> now Cody's mom, who also has experiences with ghosts and things like that. Um, this one she describes as a shapeshifter, but I felt like I could kind of put it in with skinwalkers because they are shapeshifters. So in her current home, before I start. All of Cody's family has things hanging around with them. I swear to God, every last one, every last aunt, uncle, cousin, it does. They there are ghosts attached to this family. I didn't know that. You better family. damn well be prepared. Shit. It's fine. We just somebody mail this to you, girl. Somebody mail this bitch some sage or holy water. I don't know or white ash. I actually need the white oh. ash and a couple geese. Yes. So. His mom was having some, like, weird experiences. She was starting to kind of, like, feel people touching her and things like that. And how his mom's bedroom is situated is that she can see the um, the streetlights from her window. So she tells that she was laying in bed and kind of sees, like, the streetlights be blocked out. It's like something's crossing in front of the window. And then she felt something hold her down. And she called a company in Utah that I think is called Wisp. Let me double check. She texted it to me and I forgot to look. And let's keep in mind, I love Cody's mom. Like, she's not one of those people that I think exaggerates things. Yes, it is called Wisp. So she's worked. She's worked with um, Wisp a cu- couple times. They've come out and done some cleanses stuff on her house. But Wisp comes out and they have a medium and the medium goes, oh, yeah, there's a shapeshifter in your house. And to protect her she had to put like a grid of coffin nails in her yard and she also had to place like specific rocks and crystals and things like that in strategic places around her house and that was about a year ago and she has wisp coming back to her house again next friday and she invited me to be there while they're there yeah so yeah i'm very excited so i'm going on a ghost hunt bitches (laughs) but um Anyway, so that's that one. So she didn't actually physically see anything, but she did feel that force press her down, and they did identify that as being a shapeshifter. If allowed, I do request that you video this and send it to me. I don't think it's allowed. You should video it and put it on Patreon. I don't think I'm allowed to. Son of a bitch. Okay. You better be allowed to. Say that we're doing a a podcast about it. Who knows we're doing a podcast? Well, yeah, I know, but like, tell the the um, wisp that I don't know. I I'll see. I don't think they're going to allow it, which is totally fine because, to my understanding, they are completely nonprofit. They do not charge anyone for going out to their house. Their services are completely free. I do believe if they say no to recording, I'll, I will respect that, especially since they're coming out for free. So, anyways, that's his mom's story. Very short and sweet again. Now, Cody's stories. This little fucker. He's got his own personal stories. So him and his friend were going up to a property. He called it Argyle Canyon. I've never heard of it, but it's somewhere in Utah. And they were going up to lock up a property for the season. On their way up the canyon, they saw something that like very quickly crossed the road. And they hadn't been talking at this point. And when they saw it cross the road, they both looked at each other like, did you see that? And how Cody describes it. Have you guys ever seen the Predator movies? I don't think so. So basically, maybe. 
so you know like the the look that they always try to like where they're trying to show you there's something invisible here but like you can still see it moving because things warp around it a little bit yes that's basically what they said they saw okay and they're dumb they pulled over he said they didn't get out of the truck they weren't that dumb or the vehicle and where they pulled over, Cody was actually able to see down the cliff that was on the side of the road and see the entire cliff. And he's like, there's nothing there. So they don't know what they saw. And so dumb boys, they keep driving up and they go up to the property. And when they get to the property, the entire time they felt like they were being watched. And get he out. said it was just creepy as hell. They quickly closed up whatever they needed to and then left. So that's his first story where he does believe that it was a skinwalker watching him. Second story. Um, he was up there with the same friend's family for a get together and they had been talking about like the weird things they had seen. First of all, mistake number one, you don't talk about the creepy shit up there. Mistake number two was going back. I'm just saying. So supposedly his friend found like a pile of trophy heads on the side of the mountain and it was like a bunch of rabbit skulls. And he said the strangest thing about that was the year before they had found a bunch of, like, decapitated bunnies all over the property, but there was no blood anywhere near them. So the following year, they find all these skulls on the side of the mountain on the property. Girl, you are creeping me the fuck out. You're welcome. Um, and then, mm, and then there's one more story that Cody was not there for, but I have heard it several different times from several different people so basically two of his friends were up in that same canyon on the same property first of all things are still happening on this property like stop going there just stop right yeah close it down burn it to the ground the whole property if it's three acres burn the whole eight three, eight, three acres i can't speak okay anyways so his friends were st- spending the night in the canyon it was dark they were around this fire talking for a little bit and they're like well maybe we'll go to bed but they kind of had like a a bad feeling and on this property they had like a bunch of trailers situated in different places and so they were like well we'll go back to the trailer but they were both too chicken shit to get up to go turn off the generator because it was you know however many feet away from them and so they started hearing things in the trees and they described it like clicking noises or like branches breaking that type of stuff and so instead of turning off the generator they're like we'll just let it die so they just sat out there till it dies and they're getting scared out of their mind. And here's the thing is these guys that he that tell this story are seasoned hunters. And so there's no reason for them to like hear a sound and be like, oh, that was terrifying. Like they hear that all the time. And so they let the, tr- uh, the generator die. They finally go back in or they go into the trailer to go to bed. They lay down. And just a couple minutes later, something suddenly slams into the trailer door. And how this is described to me is that the trailer had, like, a front porch that was really old, really, like, crickety, like, it would make noises. And they didn't hear anything on that porch. They just felt something slam into, into the trailer. And it hit the trailer with so much force, it caused the trailer to shake. And, like, the drapes, because, you know, like, the drapes on, or the curtains in a trailer aren't always super secure. Like, those went flying off and that type of stuff. So I guess they laid there, like, terrified for a few minutes, like, I'm not moving. And when they finally did move, they get up to go see what it was. <laughs> and they were actually able to physically see how much the trailer had moved. 
And Cody even said he didn't initially believe their story until a couple weeks later when he went back up with them. And he could physically see, like, the skin marks from where you could see, like, the trailer being moved. Not, like, back and forth like it should move, but, like, side to side. Oh, my gosh. That is creepy. I don't care if that is supernatural or not. Don't go back to that trailer. What? Do you, either it's something supernatural happened or somebody rammed your trailer with a vehicle. Don't go back to that trailer. People are crazy out there. Um, from what I understand is that where that trailer was situa- situated, there's no way for someone to like ram a vehicle into it. I think it was like cliffside. So like you could open the front door and see down, like see out to the cliff. And it came from the cliffside. Something had enough force to hit them like that. Well, then that that thing's just looking out for him. Don't put this trailer near the fucking cliff. He's just trying to get you away from danger. Okay. He's trying to get you out of harm's way. Maybe a little aggressive with it. But um, I don't think so. But it's fine. Oh. Now, in Utah, there are tons and tons of skinwalkers in the Duchesne area. A lot of the locals state they begin feeling as though they're being stalked, and they also believe that many times when people go missing, they were being stalked beforehand. They'll see someone in, like, a hoodie, but they don't know who it is, and they can't ever get close enough to figure out who it is. And so people they that go missing, they do think are taken by skinwalkers. And while it might just be folklore of the Duchesne area, um, Duchesne is located directly west of the infamous Skinwalker Ranch. And many believe that this ranch was cursed by the Navajo as retribution against the Ute tribe. And that curse was that the land would be plagued with skinwalkers. And I will be talking about Skinwalker Ranch next week. And so that's Uh your story about skinwalkers. Okay, so I just want to add this real quick. Uh, While you were talking about your scary, creepy shit, I did a little bit of Googling. And um, (laughs) so... The most aggressive types of geese, two of them are Roman geese and Chinese geese. And at mypetchicken.com, they will ship these geese to you. And the Roman geese are $26. The Chinese geese are $17, which is another aggressive type of goose. And I can get three Roman geese for $78, and that's enough to cover every door of my house. So just, just letting you know. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. You found your geese you, seller. Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead and buy your geese, and I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, put the put the ash on my doors. Oh, she's oh, doing, doing the ash, ash too. Yeah. Yeah. R- look, a Roman goose for $26 and a Chinese goose for $17, you can't beat it. I'm just saying. I mean, that sounds like a steal. Yeah. Now to now to build your moat. That's good. Yeah. That's what's going to cost a little bit extra. While I'm waiting on them to ship it to my house, I can just start digging. Go get the shovel. Yeah. Maybe Dorothy Apuente's got a shovel for me. See, I Game unfortunately I can't do that because I rent my house. So, oh, do like a a moat out of kiddie pools then. Just a um, series of kiddie pools go. all around mm-hmm. the house. Imagine you know, they, how adorable that would be to just see a goose hopping from kiddie pool to kiddie pool. <laughs> it defeats the lazy river aspect unless you like cut it like cut it out and make it a lazy river, but Yeah, true. You could probably still do it. Do a slip and slide around your house. There you go. It's not a lazy river though. It's not the same effect. I would need a huge ass slip and slide to go all the way around my house, but as kids, we just use plastic cuz we had it. 
And my parents wouldn't buy us a slipping slide. So we just used plastic. Just threw a hose on it. You know what? If it works, it works. Yeah. It worked until our toes started getting caught. Pretty sure I might have broke a toe like that. Because I kept going and my toe did not. But I lived. Keep going. Yeah. My body kept going, but my toe got stuck in the plastic. Is that how you decapitated your toe and now have a toe tornado? No, I still got the toe. We just. We just tried to aim around that hole from then on out. Did I say decapitated your toe? I meant amputated. You did. I was just <laughs> going to go with it. Okay. Decapita- a decapitated toe? I mean, that doesn't, doesn't sound horrible. It means I've still got I, the rest of it. I mean, technically, your head is no longer attached to your toe. Not that it was before. <laughs> We're making this worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your story on Skinwalkers for you. Hope you appreciate that. Excited week. I what appreciate. I'm excited for next week for the Skinwalker Ranch. Yep. So because I'm Amanda's deeply... doing two part, I am doing yeah. kind of two part. Shit, maybe two part then. <laughs> Damn, y'all. Okay, I'll do two parts. Well, uh, we'll find one for you to do two parts on. Don't force mm-hmm. it though, because that really throws our rotation off. Yeah, it does for sure. Thanks for hanging in there uh, for two whole episodes about Dorothea Puente. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was a Dick-a-thea good story. Puste. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Dorothea oh. Puente. Dick-a-thea Puste. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dickathea Puta. Hey, I just realized I forgot I to so. tell you guys to look at pictures. I didn't have oh, any specific it's thoughts. Okay. So I hope you guys were looking at them. Yeah, oh, yeah I looked I at was. them. So the second one gives me the heebie-jeebies. The third one gives me the heebie-jeebies. The second one? Oh, of them in their furs? Yeah, heebie-jeebies. Yeah. The fourth one is the one that gets to me. Like, that thing is real. I feel like, like, God, I'm about to make fun of skinwalkers. Uh, I'm sorry. But... It looks like they're wearing trees. And when you said furs, I did not think you were talking about the tree. <laughs> this is a joke. How do they look like they're wearing trees? That's branches. On which one? Got the far left. Like okay, I numbered them. One, up. two, three, or four. Yeah, no, those those definitely are branches. Uh, hold on, I don't see the, the notes. On the so far left in the second one? Yeah, the one that's kind of like hunkered down. Oh, yeah, the fourth one that I said was terrifying, where it looks like almost a goat. No, no, no. In the, sec- in the second picture. Yeah. Oh, you're talking left. about, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, those are branches, but. Yeah, that dude is wearing a Fraser fur, okay? That's well, a tree. He's doing his part in the secret initiation Wait. protocol. Can skinwalkers be trees? No. They can shapeshift, but trees are Into not predators. an animal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So trees can, can totally fours. Can trees can fours. totally be predators. Okay, I've had a Venus flytrap before. That's not a tree. It says so animals. Okay, it ha- it needs to be like a freaking yeah, and it has to walk on all move. fours. No, it does not need to be on all fours because birds don't walk oh. on all fours. Oh yeah, true. I don't so, know. They could, you know, walk with their listen. Their little... If you really, really want to know the intricacies, you're going to either have to befriend a skinwalker or become a skinwalker. Is that an option? If there's any skinwalkers out there, I want to be your friend. 
Just don't look me in the ass. You do. You want to be a good Skinwalker's friend. Yeah, I really need someone to tell me to drink water. Let's remember that Skinwalker Amanda to become a Skinwalker, they had to kill a close relative. Also, I don't know if I mentioned this. I know it was in my notes, and I might have skipped over it. But they also can have extended lives by taking the life of someone else. So they can kill you and take your lifespan. What if we just work together and I find shitty people in the world and lead them to you? I don't think they care about... They might like those shitty people for all you know. I'm just saying it's probably not a good idea. Okay. They are considered to be pure evil. Noted. And I'm not sure you really want to be their friend. I just feel like, I feel like my husband would rather me make a new friend than bring home multiple geese. (laughs) Bitch, you are literally going to get hunted and killed by a skinwalker now. So good for you. So next week when you start having weird experiences, you'll tell us about it and we'll try to find you a shaman. Yeah. Very true. A good shaman, not one that yeah, I'm gonna have. Skinwalker. I'm gonna have a, a deep vetting process for this shaman. Just Background so you know. checks. Who are yes. all your friends? Yeah. Are they a skinwalker? No, you can't just ask that. Just we shout. have to. We have to allude to it. Like, do you know anyone? Do you keep anybody that has committed murder in your close company? And that's not pretty evident as to what you're asking for. They're gonna be like, no, no I don't know any skinwalkers. And I'll be yeah. like, I didn't ask that. And they're going to say, we're not <laughs> stupid. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. Please follow us on our Instagram and on our Twitter, which is just Hell on Heels podcast. Um, we also have a Facebook, which is also Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, you can donate through Patreon. Um, if you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, please email us at Hell on Heels podcast at gmail.com we would love to see them or even if you just have a recommendation for a story you want to hear just let us know you can also find us on linktree just go to our instagram you can find that link to linktree there and that's going to have all the links for all the things um where you can listen all of that fun stuff and as always a big shout out to amanda's husband's james james you said that amanda's you weren't going to give him a shout out anymore um, remember you said you weren't going to give him a shout out anymore because he doesn't listen to our podcasts even James. though you only sometimes listen to us, I'm still always going to be the better person and still give you a shout out, James. So thank you for and creating our intro one. bop. Anyways, we appreciate it. It <laughs> is really like a little jam. So we do like it. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe to whatever plat or on whatever platform you can. You can now review, not review us. You can now rate us on Spotify. So go ahead and give us five stars there. Um, if we're not on your listening or your preferred listening platform, please let us know and work on getting those episodes up on those channels. And then this has been Hell on Heels. Thank you for listening. Bye. Later. See y'all.